the Boston players love But Michael Jordan is not only the best basketball player, but he's the most exciting basketball player to ever play. Tatum fires away, pumps it in. The Big Three NBA Podcast is powered by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Big Three NBA Podcast. I'm Kwani Lunas, joined by Aishrod Blakely, Gary Washburn. January has flown by, guys. It's almost over. Isn't that crazy? I can't even say Happy New Year anymore. <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm glad you came to that realization that Happy New Year. Stop. Yeah, stop, Kwani. Yeah, Full stop. Same. You got our haters. Full stop on Happy New Year. <laughs> Corny, all you got to do is just be better. That's all you got to do. That's just true. You're yeah, right. I'm still working on that philosopher, that sleuth, Anthony Blakely. Blakely. Be better. <laughs> be better you, in 2024. Hey, hey, I tell you, I tell you who trying to be better in 2024, the Miami Heat and the Milwaukee hmm. Bucks. I think we should start with to that, be actually. I would love to, be to start with that. Let's start with that first. Let's, first of all, Former Celtic, former Charlotte Hornet immediately, but obviously had a lot of time in Boston, Terry Rozier, given up to Miami. Apparently the report said that there was this mutual love, very interestingly enough, for Terry Rozier. And I I do think he brings something to the table for Miami, but curious as to what you two think about that move happened this week. Love that move for the Heat. (laughs) I mean, if, if you're the Miami Heat, I mean, think about it. You look at the type of players that they have brought into the fold that typically thrive, Terry Rozier fits that mold. I mean, he's a dog. He's kind of grimy. He he plays with a chip on his shoulder. He's been told forever and a day that you ain't this, you ain't that. And all he does in this this particular season is drop 23 a game, uh, having the best season, which to to me, you know, it it feels as though Charlotte should have got more for Terry Rozier than than they're getting. Uh, But... Uh, again, they are looking to rebuild and, and reload uh, through the draft and, and acquiring assets and draft picks is a big part of that. Uh, but it's a good move. It's a good move for, for Miami. And we'll talk a little bit more about just what this means to the Celtics. But if you're talking specifically the Heat, this was a great addition for them. I think you said they got a little bit for Terry Rozier. I saw a tweet or an X, as I don't even know what they call an X, whatever. But someone said that he got traded for Kyle Lowry, a BBL, and a 2027 first round pick. See, I just that ain't to right. that because that was funny. Gary that's did a not generation. That's, Gary, generation you, Gary. that's a generational <laughs> joke. I thought it was funny. A BBL it is, funny, is a Brazilian yeah. butt lift. You don't know what a BBL is? Yeah, I could have looked that up, Kwani, before you, uh, you know, <laughs> explained it. But yeah, I appreciate you for that it's one. It's not funny because I explained it. So. Yeah, it's, it, it, it was. It's, it's funny it's now. Got worse. It's got I worse. Know it was funny. Goodness, what's really a generational gap between us? Yeah. We <laughs> <laughs> have abbreviated butt lifts. That's <laughs> that's really what handy. The doctors do. <laughs> that's really handy. Uh, y'all been watching too much reality TV. Anyway. That's part of it. I think it's a good move for Miami. Rozier's a dog. He's been around, and believe it or not, in like ninth year. I mean, Terry is almost 30. He'll be 30 next month. Or sorry, in March. Um, so this is not this is not the young Terry we're talking about, the 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 Boston Terry. You know, this guy has kind of sharpened his skill set in Charlotte, although nobody really paid attention and he put up all these numbers for a never won a playoff game and all, you know, it's tough, 
But, you know, he got it done in Charlotte, I think, having a career season. And he's a dog. And apparently he spends a lot of time in Miami. I mean, this is kind of his adapted hometown. So I think he's happy, happy to get out of Charlotte, you know, happy to just get out of that whole toxic situation in Charlotte and to be with a winning club. The question is, where do you play, Terry? Okay, because there's Tyler Hero, who likes to shoot the ball. Okay, so is Terry the point? Because Terry liked to get him up to 19 shots a game this year for Charlotte. Now, he played next to LaMelo Ball as a shooting guard, but now he's going to have to be the point. So I'm you know, a little bit intrigued by where they're going to play him, how they're going to use him, because Terry is not a natural true point guard. Um, he was a two guard in Charlotte and obviously played slid to some point a lot when LaMelo Ball was hurt. So I'd like to see whether he can fit in the Miami system, whether that that's going to be something that he's, he has to embrace because he wants to win. And they got two more years left in this deal, like Terry there for a minute. So this is a long-term commitment for, for the next three years for Miami and for Charlotte. And then as Sherrod talked about, it's a dumpster fire. You get the expiring contract at 30 million of Kyle Lowry, a 2027 protected first round pick that I think is unprotected in 28 if Miami makes a lottery in 27. So it it just clears cap space. It means they don't have to pay Terry for another two years. And they can start trading pieces and starting over and building around Melo, Melo, Melo Ball and Brandon Miller. I think Miles Bridges, whoever wants that guy is next to go. And probably PJ Washington. And, you know, I think they like Mark Williams. So and it's sad, you know, as you know, you worked in North Carolina, Sherrod, great basketball state. They love their hoops. Now it's a, obviously an ACC state, uh, a, a state that, um, yeah, thanks. All of us now. Thanks, Juan, <laughs> all of us now. Yes. Cal, Cal in the house. Anyway, um, but they've been waiting for a reason to support the, the, the Hornets and it just ain't happened. <laughs> the Michael Jordan thing didn't work and now they're blowing it up and you got poor Steve Clifford there. It's just it's just like, what are y'all doing there? How come y'all can't make good decisions, bad lottery picks? The Gordon Hayward signing didn't work out at all for them. You know, it's just bad luck after bad luck. So let's hope that this rebuild in Charlotte will work. But for Miami, they're looking at the Celtics, and the Celtics better be looking at Miami like, okay, we see you, and let's see what happens there. Mm -hmm. And we're actually going to get into that a little bit later in this episode, the fact that the Celtics actually play Miami next. So we'll get into that in just a second. But the other big news in the Eastern Conference is the fact that the Bucks also made a move firing their first year head coach Griffin after 43 games. He was 30 and 13 with that team as head coach. And there are reports that Doc Rivers. Let me ask you something. Did they have the yeah. day off yesterday? Did Milwaukee have the day off yesterday? No. Oh, he got fired on his day off. <laughs> I love it. That was good. Start calling him Craig Griffin. <laughs> what are you yeah, trying to do? Actual wow. Steal some boxes when you try to be a clubhouse. Oh, <laughs> uh, poor man. Poor man on his day off for real. His day off. He was at the beach. He was Look. chilling. He was at, the, there... he was at the pool. But eat some, some script. I happen. know. Man, what's the owner want? What the hell? Uh. <laughs> you, must you must want to talk to me by an extension because yeah, I know right. you must, like, must like the job I'm doing. Let me, let me pick this up. The, Hello, we got the third best record in the NBA, and I, I just been <laughs> in this job for two weeks. Oh, god, 
Oh my goodness. Poor man got oh, fired in his day off. I'm, I'm it's not fired. even right. Fire? What? <laughs> call me still in boxes. Who, who prank calling me about right now? Who does prank call him? But he also got bamboozled reportedly because it sounds like Doc Rivers, in addition to his ESPN role, was in some sort of advisory role for <laughs> Coach Griffin. So what do we make of the uh, still report? Yeah. CNN is the first one. CNN Sports. Go ahead, go ahead, Sharon. Break this one. But I need all of it. I need all. I'm just trying to do a good job. Come on, y'all. Let's just go. Giannis wants me. Everyone wants me. I'm Doc. Let's go. No. Listen. This is this is the thing. That was a bad Doc, by the that way. That was a very just. I don't even that was know. Awful. It was awful. It was a great Doc. Actually, that was a pretty good Try. Doc. Actually. Be better. On your dot, be better on your dot. Be You're not following your 2024 mantra. Be better. Go ahead. I hate Gary. I hate Gary. I hate him. Listen, this is shouldn't come as a shock to anyone. Not the firing a little bit, but Doc just kind of you know easing his way into that. No, Doc didn't want. Doc would still be coaching now uh, if he had his choice. Uh, but Doc is a guy that understands and recognizes opportunities when they come along, and to coach. Two guys who are among the top 75 all-time great players, uh, a two-time league MVP, a guy who's won a championship, another guy who is one of the best clutch scorers in the NBA. Yeah, you Doc wants in on that. The thing that I'm a little bit unsure of is that for this to work, Doc is going to have to tap into his ability to play those Jedi mind tricks that he's so good at playing and get guys to play at a level that's above them. Because right now, they're a horrible team defensively. And last I checked, other than maybe Luka Doncic, I don't know if there's a worse perimeter defender who's on that all-star caliber level than Dame Lillard. Uh, Luka's worse. Dame ain't much better. And how is how is Doc going to be handle that dynamic because to me that's the key to all of this work and Giannis is going to be great no matter who's coaching the team but can Doc connect with Dame on a level that forces Dame to elevate his play and become more than just a guy that gets buckets because when you look at the teams that Doc has had that had the most amount of success that 08 squad it required your best players to sacrifice something they were really good at for the betterment of the team what has Dame sacrificed since he's been in Milwaukee there is nothing that he does now that you can look at it and say, yeah, he's doing a giving a little bit less of that. He's still getting touches. He's still getting up shots. He's doing everything he did in Portland. And the only difference is he's got a great player night in, night out with him and Giannis. And for Doc to get this team past the Celtics, to get them in that legitimate last team standing status, him and Dame have to figure something. He's got to figure out a way to get Dame to be more impactful other than scoring. Yeah, um, boy, um, you saw you knew Doc. Okay, so he, he, looking at it from Doc's point of view, I think he realizes his last chance and probably his best chance to win another championship. Um, you know, I think this current generation, I think 10 years ago, Doc was considered a player's coach, everybody loved him. The 08 team, you know, Pierce Garnett. And uh, Rondo, and even probably in cases, Ray Allen, you know, swore by him. It's been a decade since then, uh, since he left, the not the championship team, but since he left the Celtics. Since then, he had a rocky period in L.A. where he was removed. They lost a 3-1 lead in the bubble. You know, Paul, 
Griffin and DeAndre all couldn't get along. It was just a lot of chaos in L.A. And then in Philly, he basically got fired by James Harden. He couldn't get along with James. It did not work out. And then James was kind of like, you know, I want that dude out. Didn't really endorse him. They fired Doc. And now James leaves anyway, you know, because uh, he asked for a trade. And 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 so Doc felt like he got screwed in, in Philadelphia. And there's a lot of, you know, truth to that. Because it's not like Nick Nurse is doing what Doc wouldn't have done, which is put the ball in Maxie's hands and let him play at an all-star level. And then that makes Embiid even a better player. And then Philly signed Oubre. They made the trade to get uh, a guy like Nicholas Batum, Marcus Moore, like guys who can play. Covington, they got some ball players around those guys now. Not, you know, not George's Niang, no, nothing against him, but guys, they got guys who can play. So I think Doc felt like he got screwed in Philly and he goes, okay, I'll probably take a year off and then I'll probably try to get one last job because at 62, 63 years old, as much as Doc looks young and we all think Doc's, you know, that's a, that's becoming older for an NBA coach. So it might've been, this might be his last best chance. The consultant thing is a little uncomfortable. Um, but I just think, in all honesty, Shirai and Kwani, I mean, Adrian Griffin was just over his head. And the the fact is, is that there's some great assistant coaches that just don't make good head coaches. And we've all covered and we've all been around guys who were fantastic assistants that just didn't cut it as a head coach. And I'm not saying Adrian Griffin won't cut it, but this was a lot for him in his first job, right? Giannis and Dame figuring out how they can play together, becoming a better defensive team, even though they're getting older. And it ain't Adrian's fault. Look at the team that they have. Giannis is in his complete prime. But that's it. Uh, Dame is 33. You know, Chris Middleton has had many injuries. Is, is, is not what he once was. He's 31, 32. Brooke Lopez is 36. Like, you're playing with a bunch of – it's an old-ass team. Right. The Celtics don't what have have what one player Al above 30 like the Bucks have like five like they're an old ass team and Giannis is 29. So Giannis is but he's in his prime. I'm not saying Giannis is old, but he ain't young, young. Right. So you're asking Griffin to make them a good defensive team. OK, like Sherrod said, good luck with that, with Doc, you know, employing Dame to defend. Figuring out, and then they, Jay Crowder, our buddy, he's 33, about to be 34. Like, that's an old-ass team. And some of the young guys just ain't ready to play at the March on Beachumps. You know, they're just not ready to play, like, heavy minutes. So I don't know if this is going to work. And I hope, for Doc's sake, I want Doc to be a coach as long as he wants to be a coach. I think he's a great guy. I think he's great for the game. But I also think it's asking a lot. To go now, you're asking him, okay, Doc, take us from because a top 10 defense is not win the championship. You got to be a top 10 defense. So take us from 23rd, 24th to 10 in a, in a, in a half a season. Mm -hmm. That's a lot. And, and as much as I'm sure Giannis will play like a, a maniac because he's got a new coach and everybody's going to be on board, um, and Doc will compile a quality staff. Uh, I don't know. And you hope for Doc 
I hope in, in Doc's sake, he didn't help nudge Griffin out the door. But I think we all saw Griffin was in over his head. Like that whole thing that when he tried to pull Giannis from the game uh, against the Celtics and Giannis was like, excuse me? Like, I'm, I don't want to come out. And I'm going to stand right here till the next time out till I go back in. And what you going to do about it? Like Nothing. N- nothing. nothing. <laughs> like, that was bad. He's in front of everybody? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, Kwani, it's like it's like you 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 telling your mama, I'll come home when I want to in front of the whole at a family gathering. Look, I'm grown and I still wouldn't grown do that. now. <laughs> I still wouldn't do that. You, do that. you wouldn't do that. <laughs> you grown, <laughs> grown. <laughs> Not my Haitian parents. It was like eighteen year old Kwani. I will come home when I want to. <laughs> no, you won't come home. Right? Look, you come you knocking on the door. Outside. You used in to front of your uncles, your aunts. In front of your in front of your nana, yep. <laughs> and like, what you gonna do about it, mama? <laughs> like nothing. Like right. that, was that was bad. It was bad, yeah. and you just saw the signs of him kind of losing that team. Mm-hmm. Just they're not completely bought in. Is this guy over? And sometimes coaches are just in over their heads. They ain't ready for something certain jobs. That's why. <laughs> Some of the good coaches or some of the new coaches get bad teams to coach because yeah. what they their mistakes they can make up for them because quite honestly no one cares. Yeah. No one cares what Wesley Unsell does in Washington. No one cares what Steve Clifford does in Charlotte because they're bad and no one pays attention. But when you coach the Milwaukee Bucks, a uh, year removed from a championship, mm-hmm. and you got Dane who's seeking a title. That's the only thing he doesn't have. He he got the scoring. All-star, Olympics, top 75. The only thing people can say is Dame, you ain't won nothing. And Dame's eager to win. You got to win. And you got to do it the, the way that your star players want to. If not, they're going to fire you on your day off. Mm. Damn. Well said. The NFL regular season is wrapping up, but there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get 150 in bonus bets. Guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. The app is so easy to use and there are so many different ways to bet like live same game parlays. Find bets in the new explore tab. Make a parlay in the parlay hub, the best way to find popular parlays and more. So visit fanduel.com slash Boston and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Must be 21 and over and present in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com RG in Colorado, Iowa, Kentucky, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXT STEP to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org/chat in Connecticut. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas. 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. 
visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit GamblingHelplineMA.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NEW-YORK or text HOPE-NEW-YORK in New York. To your point, it, it, your answer kind of alluded to it, but I'm curious what both of you think about this. The Eastern Conference gets shaken up by these two big moves. Miami or Milwaukee, do you see either of those teams as now a bigger, more legitimate threat to the Celtics? I think Milwaukee is. I, I think Milwaukee is because, because the one thing that they lacked with Griffin is a mental toughness slash edge about them. Ubuntu? Um, she went to the, she went there, Gary. Yeah, I had to. Yeah. She went, went in the archives and then created and pulled that no. old vinyl out. Yeah, Ubuntu. They like Ubuntu. And that could very well be what gets them over the top. That could be very well be the thing that's missing. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, how he can get Dame to be more than just a scorer is going to be vital to that this resurgence, renaissance of sorts that they're looking for. Uh, but yeah, I would I would definitely say that Doc coming back to coach Milwaukee is a bigger deal than Terry Rozier in Miami. And I love me some T. Rose. That's my dude. Gary, what'd you think? That's my dude, but it ain't gonna be a deal. Anyway. <laughs> be better, Gary. I'd be better, Sherrod. Um, I think both are threats. I think both were threats before, but I think both are legitimate threats now. Miami now got younger. You know, we all love Kyle Lowry's, uh, his his feistiness, and, you know, he takes charges. He does all the little things or whatever, but he just wasn't playing that well for them. And now you replace a 37-year-old, about to be 38, with somebody who's 29 in their prime Mm -hmm. Um, that's going to upgrade them tremendously. Um, And once they get to learn how to play with with, with Terry Rozier and he learns the system, I think that they're going to be a very dangerous ball club. Now health is always an issue in Miami. They always seem to have knickknack injuries, but I think they're going to, I think they all know, like we're preparing for the Boston series, whether it's the conference finals or the conference semis, that's what they're preparing for because they know they're going to run into Milwaukee likely or my or Boston or both maybe Philadelphia. And so I think Miami's a threat, bigger threat now, and I think Milwaukee's a threat once they learn how to play under Doc's system and Doc gets comfortable with those guys. So the Celtics better figure some things out. And I'm not talking about they don't have things figured out, but do they need an extra player? Do they need another guy? What are they going to do at the trade deadline? Everything's going well now, but it's also game 41, 42, 43. That's real nice. They need to go things to go well in game 100, right? Game 92. Um, So do they need an extra body? Do they need another score off the bench? Do they need someone to soak up some minutes, uh, you know, for Jason and Jalen, not overwork those guys? That's just the ultimate question they're going to have to ask themselves in the next two weeks for the deadline. And I saw your tweet earlier, so I'm going to Try to sum up the the length of Joe Mazzulla's quote because I think it kind of wraps up this conversation. You asked Gary Joe Mazzulla about the Eastern Conference contenders making those big moves, and he said, "I don't think they're competing with us. First of all, we haven't won, so I don't know 
why anyone's competing with us. We haven't won a championship. Because I got the best record in the league. That's uh, why. Well, yeah. Let finish the quote. Right, but... but Be better. <laughs> exactly. But yes, I'll continue. We, we haven't won a championship since 2008. We're certainly not the standard. We're chasing people as much as people may say they're chasing us. We don't even look at it in that standpoint. We just have to keep that healthy balance of knowing we're a really good team, but there's also other really good teams and how we match up against them and how we continue to get better. How do we continue to get better as a team? But Sherrod, you clearly had thoughts, so feel free to go with it. A lot of fans seem to actually like that quote, and I thought it was pretty level-headed in the sense of, like, there is a sense of humility of understanding, yes, we're good, we haven't done anything since 2008 that's worthy of making us the standard just yet. Well, you're the st- you got the best record, having the best season of anyone in the league. That in itself means you are in the pole position where other teams want to be. They want to be front of the pack, and that's where you're at. Whether you want to embrace that or not, now he's right. You haven't won a championship, but you've done damn near everything you're supposed to do on the road to winning a championship right now. That's why you're front of the pack. Uh, you don't have to embrace that. You don't have to acknowledge it. But 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 come on, man. Don't don't okie dokie us, man. We see your record. We see your team play. We know which and we know the games that you've lost. You've lost like two or three games in overtime. Uh, games that could have easily gone your way. Uh, the 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 team that the only team that has beat you in your crib is the champion. Is the current champion. So I hear what you're saying, but at the same time. <laughs> I'm not really buying it. You're the team that you have. You are the standard that everyone is chasing right now because you got the best record. You agree, Gary? No, I think it's a very true statement. Like you got to be, you got to be hungry. You can't act as if you're the standard when like you, like Joe said, they haven't won a title in 15 years, almost 16 years now. And so they got to be as hungry as the other teams that are chasing them. Because the Heat and the Bucks have both won titles since the last time the Celtics have. So if you're the Celtics, you got to be the hungriest team. You got to be, well, no, we're chasing you. We're chasing the Bucks, who won the damn thing in 21. We're chasing the Heat, who went to the finals in, in 20, went to the finals in 22, and won it in 13, right? Um, so there, there's got to be a more just a hunger. And I think, and I think that's what Joe's trying to establish. We're hungry too. We're coming after y'all fools too. You watch your backs too. And so I think that's what makes Thursday's game. I'm sure we'll talk about it. Critically important for the Celtics to say, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. You got your guy and yeah, yeah. But we still are, we're still a better club. You want to see, and we'll see you in May. Cause that's exactly what both teams are going to say. Good game. We're going to see you in May. The Heat Cup talk is coming right very, very, very soon. But before we get into it, I do want to quickly rush over their trip to Texas. They beat both teams there. But Derek White and Porzingis, they're clearly giving coaches something to talk about when it comes to all-star reserves. And I'm sure you both saw, I do want to note that Derek White is actually going to be amongst the players that represent Team USA in the Paris Olympics, which I thought was a pretty big deal for three Celtics players to be named on that list, but specifically with the all-star reserves, Derek White, Przingis, we've talked about them at length over the last few weeks, but do you think there is at this point still a legitimate case for maybe Derek White or Przingis to sneak in to the polls? What you got, Gary? I think there's a case for both of them. Obviously, it's going to be a very deep team. Um, 
it's a tough situation. You got to look around the league. Uh, do you, you know, like Dame, do you put him on? Do you put any, cause you obviously Giannis is going to be a starter. Jason Jalen, I think is obviously a, a lock to be a reserve, but you start looking at the, some of the rosters in the East, you know, Halliburton obviously is going to be in their game. Uh, do you put, what about Donovan, a guy like Donovan Mitchell? What about Brunson with the Knicks? What about Julius Randle? Um, a lot of guys who, you know, Embiid, but Tyrese Maxey, you know, that's, he's a, he's a quality candidate. Um, so it's going to go down to the wire, you know, it's going to go down to the wire because I think you got to fill out this roster. It's only 12 guys. It's not 15 guys. So I do think Derek deserves strong, strong consideration. Uh, maybe, Hey, if he's the last guy on the team, shoot, he, at least he made it. Mm-hmm. Um, last guy chosen by, by the, I think is he, the league's, uh, coaches, you know, choose, uh, choose the reserves, but it's going to be hard. I'm not talking about because he's not qualified. This is a lot of guys out there who are having quality, uh, strong years, but also there's a lot of teams, a lot of players like, a, you know, you're who, who are, would be candidates like a, like a Zach Levine, Bradley Bills now in the, in, out of the conference. So in terms of guards, um, you know, LaMelo ball has been hurt most of the year, but you know, Banchero in, in Orlando. Orlando's having a good year. Do you, what do you do with him? Um, so you go all around. Scotty Barnes. Is Scotty Barnes going to be on that list? Um, you know, Mikhail Bridges in Brooklyn. It could, you know, and, and these, are, these are guys that haven't won as much as is White, and I think that helps White. But there's going to be some guys down, you know, who are left off the starters, and it's, it's going to be close. But I do think he deserves consideration. And I think do think he deserves to make it on the team. And Porzingis has had a good year. I think Porzingis has finally got it. He's finally a you know probably a more less selfish player, more focused than he was. And, and, and he's 29 years old. He's been around. I do think he could be a backup center you know, on this team with you know reserve center. I, I do I do think so. I do think both can make it. I mean, hey, you're the best team in the league, best record. Should you have four all stars? I mean, Sherrod's Sherrod knows about a, a damn near the damn ha- half the Pistons roster made the all star team. What year was that? Oh four, oh five, Sherrod. When you know, uh, back in your they back deserved in your, it, yeah, back in your angry Detroit days. So, um, you know, sometimes, and we all saw more than a decade ago, it was the big three, and Rondo went to the all star game, I want to say in Dallas. So, hey. You know, I think I'm all for that. Yeah. I mean, a legitimate case could be made for both Derek and KP being there. Um, I, I The thing about Derek White that I, I just keep coming back to every time I watch him play and every time I see him out there is just his value to this team. It goes so much further beyond just the numbers. Uh, his numbers on their own merit – aren't that great when you're talking about all-stars, but when you talk about impact and difference maker and, you know, the, the key elements to why this team has the best record in the NBA, it's hard to look past Derek White and not see him as an all-star. Um, even though I think he, there are going to be a number of coaches that are going to be torn about that. Do I take the guy, you know, with the better stats on the mediocre team, or do I take the guy with good, but not great numbers on a great team? Uh, and I, I, I think both guys should be there uh, in large part because I think Porzingis has just been among 
bigs. I think he's been one of the top bigs in the Eastern Conference this season in terms of what he's been able to do. And he's been relatively healthy, which is a big deal. Derek White, I think he belongs because of his impact. At some point, you need to add guys who are not just big numbers guys, but guys who actually, when they're in, in the game, they literally play a role that means the difference between winning and losing. Uh, and Derek White is that guy. I think he's he's he is the one guy that I don't think is going to be an all-star that should be one. Because I, I I think he should be, but I don't think the coach is going to, going to agree with me on that one. Hmm. I agree. Moving on, finally, the Heat, we talked about them. Scary Terry will be in flames. Uh, <laughs> what? Let's start with that game first. <laughs> so okay, uh, uh, Gary, she she should be. That was bad. I- that was bad. Hey, every once in a while you're gonna bomb, but you still gotta keep making the. Jokes, you gotta keep right? shooting shots, right? You gotta keep shooting your shot, right, Quan? Keep shooting your shot. Exactly. So what do you? <laughs> what are your expectations in that game specifically? <laughs> Oh, human torch, torch, (laughs) Rogier. I mean, like you're one of the super friends, Gary. I got all the marketing ideas for him. He just, he just got to hire (laughs) a fire torch. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Blow torch. You never know. You never know. Watch. He's going to come out with something. Oh, God. Cool. Stop it. Stop it, Kwani. (laughs) All right. Let's. Let's get into it. The Heat is they're playing the Heat, and then they have a seven-game home stand, which they're still obviously they lost to the Nuggets at home, but they still have that momentum at the TD Garden. What do you take from Miami Heat that matchup, and then what are your expectations for that stretch here in Boston? Uh, it's gonna well, Gary, you you got it. No, go ahead. I'm still tripping about the blowtorch thing. (laughs) He's looking at blowtorches on Amazon. The Heat Heat are going to be very fired up for that game, uh, in part because of the rivalry that exists between them and the Celtics. And also now this is a new wrinkle to that with Terry Rozier. Uh, You know Terry, uh, who, as you know, Scary Terry is is one of his many nicknames. Petty Terry is another one. He can be very petty. And I love that pettiness about him. Not going to lie. Because Drew Bledsoe era? Yes, yes. So Eric Bledsoe versus Drew Bledsoe. Exactly, exactly. So you better believe that he is going to be ready to ball out. Uh, But going back to Gary's point, uh, I'm not so sure it's going to work the way Miami wanted to, because I think they got the right type of player in Terry Rozier, but I just don't know if the role that he can play and should play is one that they're going to be able to carve out and define quickly Uh, because they already have a shooting guard who likes to shoot the hell out the rock. Uh, And I don't know if there's enough balls to go around to keep both Terry and you know, Tyler Hero happy. So that's going to be something that they're going to have, really have to iron out and mesh out quickly uh, if this thing is going to work. But yeah, Miami's going to be, they're going to be one of the last teams standing in the East just because they're built to be that team. Uh, it's just a matter of whether or not Terry's going to have a significant role from the jump or whether they're going to have to slow drip it a little bit and have him just kind of, you know, build up to being a difference maker. But it, he is going to help that team. That is the one thing I'm absolutely 100% sure of. He is going to help them uh, be a better team when it matters most, which is the playoffs. And newfound purpose. He's on a team that's legitimate now. Yeah. He can 
tap into his skills and actually be productive there. Yeah. He, yeah, he, he, he thinks he can heat things up, right, Quinny? That's what you want to say, right? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I think Gary is a good addition for the Heat. Also, I think it's an important game for both teams. The Celtics just to make a statement and just let them know when be able to win at Miami. Uh, the he will coming off a of back to back, so you know they might not be as fresh. And who knows, kind of head game Spolster will play. He might rest Jimmy Butler. It's a national game, so maybe not. But he might rest a bunch of guys just to say, "Yeah, hey, you ain't gonna beat. You, you might beat us, but you ain't gonna beat all of us. You ain't gonna see our full squad until it really counts." Uh, so who knows what kind of mind games. Um, Spolstra play because the Celtics are completely healthy. They just released their injury report. Ain't nobody hurt. So Celtics will be good. Uh, be ready for Miami. Yeah, so I think it's an important game for them. I think they want to make a statement. And the seven-game homestand is going to be hard. You know, I'm looking at it. New Orleans. Most of those teams are playoff teams. Yeah, Clippers, Pelicans, New Orleans, Lakers, Clippers, Lakers, Grizzlies. Yeah, it gets softer at the end. The last three Grizzlies, Hawks, and, and, Hawks Wizards. and Wizards. And we get but, to see Lauren. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 Lauren. AJC, uh, you want to read about the Hawks? Go find her. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for Lauren. Anyway, um, but both LA teams, you know, when the Lakers come in, even though they might have a losing record, they're going to be a quality team with LeBron. And then Indiana. Darvin Hamner, coach. Don't forget Darvin Hamner, coach. Yeah, and Shiraz buddy Darvin Ham. Oh, my and, God. And um, another Sherrod buddy, close friend of his, Rick Carlisle, with Indiana. That's what I do. The Pelicans on that Monday, that's a tough homestand, like the first four games, and it gets a little softer. And I think after that Lakers game, the schedule starts getting a little bit softer. Atlanta, Washington, they go back to Miami with two against Brooklyn, then Chicago, then obviously the Knicks, Philadelphia. But, you know, their schedule is not – I don't know who said, oh, once the – after Christmas, their schedule gets soft. Like maybe there's some stretches of softness, but it's still going to be it's still a tough schedule. Um, so I think they'll if they can go a strong six and one, five and two. I think you got to love that if you're a Celtic fan. Four and three would be a disappointment, uh, especially with the last three games. But you got to be up to the task. That New Orleans, Indiana back to back is going to be difficult. Uh, because Indiana's going to be coming in, and and the, and you know how physical the Pelicans play. They're going to leave a mark on you. So uh, I'll be interested to see how the Celtics step up to this. And this is also that stretch right before the All-Star break is coming. So, you know. Yeah, my you, birthday. Yeah, you, you, your birthday. Exactly. <laughs> and, um, anyway, Kwani's <laughs> birthday. Um, it's so – you know, this kind of quote unquote the dog day. So they just got to gut this out, get to the All Star break, get a, get a week off some of those guys, uh, and then get ready for the second half. Absolutely. Well, what do you think we will learn? Right, but we're hitting that we already hit the halfway mark of the season. But what do you think we should learn or will learn as we hit that All Star break? Well, I think for the Celtics, it's a chance to kind of recalibrate and get ready for the home stretch. Uh, the, the part of the season that really will set the table for what they can do and can't do or need to do in the playoffs. Uh, for them, it, it's it's really all about building towards a championship, put, making sure that you put the pieces in place, making sure that you're comfortable with that bench uh, and those guys going forward, that they can give you whatever it is that you're looking for off that bench, figuring out 
you know, uh, how to make sure that your best players, Tatum and Brown, stay engaged and continue to be impact players, but not wearing them down in the process. Uh, those are the things that if, if you're the Celtics, as you're nearing the unofficial halfway point of the season, which is typically All-Star Weekend, those are some of the things that you have to be giving some thought to to figure out what's the best strategy going forward, because how you handle their minutes and their health and things like that. They may not necessarily get hurt or anything like that, but it could potentially impact their just fatigue level late in the season when they played 35 or 40 games in a row without any, you know, time down uh, off the court. So um, they're they're in good shape, man. They just got to, I mean, just, just recalibrate, get ready for this home stretch and then position themselves to win a championship. I agree. Yeah. He's, 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 they just got to do better. Just be better. We want to thank our sponsors, of course, on this Big Three NBA podcast. But of course, our listeners, we appreciate you guys. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe, share with a friend, write a review, post it on your Instagram. I don't know. But just share this episode if you thought it was interesting. And we'll be back next week. We'll be obviously at that point into the home game stretch. So, We'll be talking about that and whatever surprise moves the NBA decides to throw our way within the next few days. But for Aishra Blakely and Gary Washburn, I'm Kwani Lunas, and we appreciate you listening to the Big 3 NBA podcast. We'll be back.